Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Happy Happy Thanksgiving! Thanksgiving. (laughs) Gobble, gobble. We're back with another episode of royally obsessed we're gonna catch you guys up on all the royal news from the week yeah just cue us in the background for your family just like instead of that (laughs) that, like cocktail party music just have royally obsessed low-key in the background we think that's something that would be be better than any like political field discussions that's for sure (laughs) i don't know Um, sometimes (laughs) yes (laughs) true some royal housekeeping quickly email us at info at gallery podcasts with an s.com also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode leave us a review five stars pretty please rachel and i are pushing for more reviews for the holidays we would be so thankful for that but I'm, I'm trying to like get Thanks those little references plug. in. <laughs> what are we talking about today? So much. The surprise double royal christening. First time in royal history for something like that to happen. Uh, we also are discussing the queen and her first wedding anniversary alone, which is definitely had to have been a weird experience. Very odd for her. Megan dropping by Ellen DeGeneres, The Ellen Show, and The Cambridges. Plug for Roberta, James Middleton included, stepping out for the Royal Variety. That and so much more coming up. Roberta, how are you doing before we dive in? Well, I'm noticing on this Zoom that we both have new hair colors. (laughs) (laughs) So I know what our weekend plans were. Tell me about yours. I hate mine. Oh my gosh, can I do? You hate yours? It looks beautiful. Okay, it's, I mean, it's black like I just I wanted oh, I can't medium, see that through the zoom I wanted a medium brown and this is what I ended up with which is fine like I think when I blow dry it's not really blow dry right now it looks a little bit lighter but this is just not what I had in mind at all and oh, it's okay I because I didn't spend a lot of money on it it was like a student who did it so it's totally fine but it's oh just I'm definitely going to use a clarifying shampoo and kind of get it to like rinse out some of the dye i hope oh, i don't know if anyone has any tips for me about can they go can you go back and have them lighten it sometimes they'll do that if you're not i'm perfect. worried that i'm gonna like damage it a uh, lot because it definitely lot, yeah. doesn't feel great either so yeah. you oh, know no. whatever it's fine what about you you look great your oh, hair thanks. looks amazing. i just got a refresh i did a gloss treatment to my hair and a cut but i will say it fun fact so my stylist i'm gonna plug them here mark ryan hair salon in new york city Ryan, the stylist that cut my hair, also does Elizabeth Debicki's hair. Or he did <gasps> at one point. Yeah. So he has like the hot goss on. Does he have the tea? What's, what's the, tea, the, the tea? The tea is that she's very, very, very tall. Like jarringly tall. Like, oh, I think she. he said like 6'3". So yeah. So she really- I, I kind of knew this, but it's still, I like feel like seeing her in person would be so stunning and yes. like she just would be the commanding presence of the room but that's amazing yes, anything else any other hair. gossip that was the limit but i highly recommend this salon i like it's life-changing i he's an incredible stylist so and it's in brooklyn in manhattan oh i took the train for this one aren't we <laughs> fancy well it looks amazing and it's it's darker too we i'm going reddish yeah reddish i love it okay yes. All right, first up, we have our royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. And we are being very festive. 
festive. We are, but I did a variation on what we planned, Roberta. Clink, clink, clink. ASMR with I was milk. going to do, the big plan was the TIG holiday champagne cocktail, which as just for reference, if anyone's looking to mix something up, it's an yeah. ounce of cranberry juice, sweetened champagne, a spritz of lime, frozen cranberries for garnish. Is that what you made, Roberta? Yes. And it's, I don't have any garnish, mm. but it is delicious. And I'm, I, I wish that I had like some whole cranberries to stick in and like a sprig of yes. like rosemary, I guess, or oh, thyme yeah, or something beautiful. that would be really pretty. But I feel like this is perfect for Thanksgiving. Yeah, which... I I totally varied it. I did just what ginger did beer, cranberry juice, and gin. Oh, that sounds delicious yeah. too. <laughs> it's what good. Your... It's delicious. It's kind of Moscow Mule-esque. What are your – that sounds amazing. What are your Thanksgiving plans? My Thanksgiving plans are low-key just eating a lot of mashed potatoes. What about you? Same. We always watch the um, – Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on TV. And then usually we go to a movie, but I don't think this year we're going to go. But Mm. yeah, just a lot of family time, a lot of food. Um, I wanted to talk about Megan and Harry's plans. She talked about it on Ellen. And supposedly they're having a low-key affair at home and she's cooking. What's funny is revisiting this made me revisit last year because this is their second, obviously, Thanksgiving in California. And last year... The exclusive hot goss for Elle magazine about the Sussexes Thanksgiving was broke by Carolyn Durand, who we now know really had the insider <laughs> scoop, was Very briefed true. by their team. So I yeah. think that's for the book, Finding Freedom. So I think that's so interesting that she was the one to break that story last year about their quiet, low-key Thanksgiving. So I love the idea that she's cooking. Have you ever cooked a Thanksgiving or any do you do any of the dishes, Roberta? No, I have to tell you a secret. Yes. We have been for the last five years probably ordering <laughs> the whole meal from Whole Foods. Done It and comes done. ready. It's like we heat it up and it's fine. Because my mom for my whole entire life for the past, you know, 25 years has cooked and she's incredible. She's like, I've amazing. earned the right. And she's like so To have Whole Foods it. take so care of it. It's so work. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's delicious. So yeah. And we make a few things. Like we'll make Brussels sprouts to like add on to it. But nice. yeah. I was oh. going to ask you though, are you one of those people that is – weirdly offended by like Christmas coming before things like a lot of people have their trees up already and I feel like it's so soon like we skipped over Thanksgiving altogether it's like Halloween and I'm okay with it I've been listening to Michael Buble's Christmas album I I do want to do it but I'm trying to hold back till I just need all the merriment in my life I like can't wait I already have a little wreath on my door I'm ready but (laughs) moving on because we have a lot to get to we are Giving a quick update, the sheep sweater, we have been getting some wonderful notes from you guys. We're really excited. Our holiday homework is that we are going to, and this is not even homework, this is very exciting. We're going to be reading over your essays and we will have an update on that very soon. But in the meantime, we have a letter from Lee, an email letter. I wish we got royal snail mail. Um, She wrote us a note saying, Hey, Rachel and Roberta, I'm a 52-year-old wife, mother of two, nurse practitioner, and nursing school faculty member from Montgomery, Alabama. My love for the British royal family began as a little girl around four years old. She went on to describe that apparently her grandmother used to tuck her in and tell her stories about the royal family before reciting the the Lord's Prayer, which I think is just really... So, so darling, sweet. what a great way yeah. in. She writes, I have never been to London for more than 18 hours and had planned on visiting for the Platinum Jubilee Celebration Month. However, COVID canceled some other travel plans that were rebooked for the same summer. I thought I would test the waters with my husband and half joking, I said, we are just going to have to push back our Viking River cruise so I can go see hmm. Queen Mummy. He gave me the eye, so we will not be canceling our 30th <laughs> anniversary cruise. She goes on, now with the Queen's health in question, I thought I better hurry up and go to London 
London while she is still alive. So I'm going in March and taking my niece with me. The only problem is I'm super disappointed because I never knew Buckingham Palace was only open for tours in the summer. Changing of the guard seems to also only be a summer thing. I may not be able to see Diana's statue. The information about that is unclear. And my daughter's recommended Mad Hatter Tea Room is temporarily closed. So maybe you can give me recommendations on how to still enjoy this trip and do some royal things. Roberta, what are your ideas and thoughts here? I think that Lee should totally go to high tea. I feel like that is very royal and elevated and fun. I did the Browns Hotel the last time I went, which is in the summer of 2018 was last time I was in London. It was very swanky. I'm sure there were like celebrities there. I just didn't notice, but like there's always famous people. Also, Harrods you can have high tea mm-hmm. at and see Diana's portrait and then the um, dedication to her and Dodie. Also, the Tower of London for the crown jewels. That's always open. Yeah. And then one other thing I want to recommend is uh, Joe Love's shop. It's Joe Malone's offshoot shop. Joe Malone was bought by Estee Lauder. So this is her actual shop that she still owns. Mm-hmm. It's called Joe Love's. It's in Belgravia. And she was there. Joe Malone was there when we went in and we talked to her. And that's like Kate's fragrance. I feel like other people in the royal family I definitely love Joe Malone. Joe Malone. So it was so, so amazing. And she mixed up fragrances for us. She was a wonderful, kind, charming woman. What about you, Rachel? What are your recommendations? Well, all I was going to add on is that I went in March the last time I went, and it was fine. I mean, I feel like you could tour Westminster Abbey, St. Paul's Cathedral. I did high tea at the Goring. I definitely think there's a lot to do. So, and the you could Goring even go. Is, is that where Kate got that's ready? That's where Kate too? got yes. ready and stayed the night before her wedding. So fabulous. Uh, and I also feel like even just a tour of Windsor, where the Queen mm. is in residence. So I feel like you could go and do that. I think, I mean, they were doing tours when we were there. So um, lots of ideas, but Lee, thank you so much for your note. We love hearing from you guys. All right, this week in Royal History. And now, this week in Royal History. We're flashing back to November 20th, 1947, which is the 74th anniversary of the Queen and Prince Philip's wedding. We wanted to do a quick reading from our forthcoming book, Royal Trivia. Pinch us. It doesn't feel real. I don't even know how I'm reading from a book that we wrote, but it's out next month, December 21st. So this is a quick snippet from it. It was at the end of the devastation of World War II and at the beginning of Britain's long and hard post-war era. The occasion of their nuptials was said to lift the spirit of the nation, as Winston Churchill dubbed their love for each other, a flash of color on the hard road we have to travel. Much attention was placed on Elizabeth's choice of a wedding dress, an ivory silk Norman Hartnell design that was inspired by Botticelli's famous Renaissance painting, Primavera, which symbolized the coming of spring, complete with a 13-foot train, so much so that after his design was selected, the windows of his studio had to be whitewashed to ensure secrecy. Not only that, but given the hardships of the war, even the future queen had to use rationing coupons to cover the cost, although the government granted her 200 extra for her wedding dress. Hundreds of women, eagerly anticipating the royal wedding, sent their own coupons to Elizabeth, which she had to return. So there's more on that, but we just wanted to read that. Pre-order it now if you want. We yes, love it. please. I feel like it's a great holiday gift. But yeah, I think yeah. just Stocking reflecting stubborn. back and how this was really, you know, her first anniversary without Philip is you know, it had to have been a somber day. And I feel like you noticed this, that there was no 
social media attention on it from the family. None whatsoever from the royal family accounts. The only acknowledgement came from Westminster Abbey, which released a picture of the wedding program and the full order of service from the big day. What's interesting is that a coordinated social media push feels just as coordinated as no mm-hmm. nothing about it, which makes me think, you know, she's still in mourning. This is difficult. It was it's only been seven months since yeah. Philip passed. A lot so has happened this year, be, my gosh, Roberta, know, when you think about it. That's gotta be tough. But yeah, let's um get into the royal christening because the queen was there. Yes, this was so needed. I think I texted you like very late on Saturday night when I saw the news that she might attend this double royal christening that we were hearing about for the first time. At least I was. Um, I was just really, really eager. And I woke up almost like being like, is she there? Like kind of like Remembrance Day Sunday. I really was eager to see her there. And, you know, it was at- so and it was so quick. It was Friday was the news broke. You I think I guess so. me. and then Sunday it happened. Like it was so fast. The yes. So incredibly fast. Yeah, so the so the double christening, it was Zara and Princess Eugenie. They both christened their babies. So August was born on February 9th, and Lucas was born on March 21st, and it was at the All Saints Chapel in Windsor Great Park. So many guests were there. We had obviously Jack and Eugenie and Zara and Mike, but we also had supposedly there were I didn't see any photos of Kate and William arriving, but Peter Phillips pulled in with Lindsay Wallace, who is a lot of the publications are not giving her the title of girlfriend. Uh, she went to Gordonston with Zara, uh, so they and they have a long friendship. So not sure what's going on there. Cressida Bonus was there with her husband and Prince Andrew and Fergie. But then the big, obviously, the Queen. That was what we were waiting for. And she, I mean, she looked in the brief, 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 brief glimpse we got of her. We did see her in lime green in the back seat of that car. Yep, a color to be seen in. Right, very, very yes. prominent. What did you think, Roberta? So I felt elation and also anxiety at the same time. One, because I think it's so exciting that she's able to go to this event when she has missed so much this year, including Remembrance Sunday, which we, you know, we talked about last week is so important to her. It's something she never misses. Uh, So I was really excited because also, if you think about it, standing in a chapel for a long time, and Mm -hmm. then it was said that it was reported, widely reported, that she also attended the reception at Royal Lodge. So that's a lot of moving about. That's a lot of activity. So I think that's really great Mm -hmm. news for Royal Watchers. But I also, I just, you know, the news that Jack Brooksbank's dad, George, passed away last week. Mm-hmm. feels weird to have a christening right after death. Yes. And I, I don't know if it was because it was rushed. Like, I, I'm wondering if if they really wanted to get, you know, these two christenings done with the queen there because their her health is so up in the air. I don't know. I don't or know. Or was it planned for a really long time and then that his passing happened? Like, unbeknownst to us, it was planned for a long time to have it. But yeah, I agree with you But on if all it counts. was planned for a long time, I would have thought we would have heard more before Friday. That's why I'm like, yeah. it's a total surprise that it even happened, kind of. And and I would have think they would have pushed it for, you know, the funeral. He died last week. Mm-hmm. George Brooksbank died last week. So I would think that the funeral would be that weekend as well. So that that just seemed like a lot. It's also like a BOGO christening. Like they'd never do two at once. Yeah, so I'm wondering I know. Why. Well, and that was the funny thing is I'm like, you know, okay, now next on my question list is what about Sienna, who's two months? What about 
Lilibet, who's five months, you know, and obviously Lilibet, there's travel involved, but like, mm-hmm. I guess they wouldn't make it a triple christening. <laughs> like that would be, and you raised a point earlier, just, you know, in our conversations about the christening gown, like how does that work out when it's a double? Do they have an right. additional replica? Do they not? Who gets to wear it? Like there's a lot of kind of logistical concerns that come up. I did want to add that Eugenie is I mean, one of the clearer shots from the car. She is glowing in the backseat. Mm-hmm. I love her headband, just the happiness radiating. It is a really special occasion. It has a lot of meaning. So special for the queen to be there. I also wanted to add, because I feel like Eugenie was a big fan, of, is a big fan of the nap dress. And I think at one point on this podcast, I was like, oh, I'm not into the nap dress. I think I just bought the wrong color because I did just get, I, I they pulled me in with an Instagram shopping. I bought my first thing, <laughs> through Instagram and I bought it in this burgundy color and I am obsessed. If I could wear it every single day, I would. I should have worn it for the recording. I know. You have to try it on for me. I know you have two. So I just wanted to say the the nap dress from Hill House Home, I am a convert. I think I have three. I just wanted so bad. Because Eugenie, I think, wears it so well. And with a turtleneck, which I think is very you could also change it up that way and Mm -hmm. it's very appropriate for like family holidays and things like that. That's what I'm wearing. Probably for Thanksgiving. Yeah, so. that's what I'm going to wear. Top I'll send mind. you a picture. Um, Wait, speaking, is it the velvet one? You not velvet. Stuff? No, it's not it's, velvet. It was it's like, burgundy. I think okay. it was like an Instagram only color. Like it's not really prominent on the what? site. It was like an exclusive. So I nabbed it and they Jealous. gave me a discount when I bought through Instagram. So just had to wow. share. Um, speaking of photos though, sharing them on Thanksgiving, I wonder if we will get professional photos of this christening, these Chris, the double. The only thing, yeah, the, the, this kind of strikes me as odd because there was so much criticism about Harry and Meghan being pretty secretive about, you know, the press not being at the for the arrivals of Archie's christening and them not releasing the names of the godparents, but then neither of these royal women have done that. So well, I'm wondering... usually there's a couple day delay. I always feel like it when it's relating to the line of succession, there should be photos, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean that'll be interesting because if they don't, then it feels weird that all that criticism happened and there's not going – we don't know. I mean, maybe the press will also criticize them, but I feel like probably, probably not, not. from what how <laughs> things have been going. So I don't know. We'll see. Okay. And then one last thing I just wanted to squeeze in on this news topic. It's worth a Google. Mike Tyndall on Loose Women. Do you see this? It's a male-focused edition of the ITV panel chat show. I saw it, and I'm so confused by the like the like what is this the topic? What is the podcast? So it's basically about? it's There's about like mental pink and blue and like a whole backdrop. Like what's yeah, going on? like he popped by and he's chatting about mental health. I, it's typically loose women, but they did a men's edition. I think there's some campaigns to make this a more regular thing because it was men talking about. A lot of the things that they're going through. I listened to snippets. I really enjoyed it. Um, I couldn't find this exact quote, so I couldn't get the audio bit, but he does talk about his marriage to Zara and saying it's not always roses and rainbows. Marriage isn't meant to be that. And kids were a massive shock to him and a change to his system. This was my favorite nugget because I felt so validated is that I guess Zara has a tendency to stay angry after a fight. And basically, like, you know, continues to feel like she doesn't let it go, whereas he's like, let's hug it out and let's clear the air. My marriage to a T. <laughs> I, oh am, I am pissed for, like, a week. And I will be like, remember when you said this one thing, like, 19 days ago? I'm still remembering that. I have not forgotten. I guess you call that a grudge holder. <laughs> yes. I'm kind of that way, too. And I also like that Mike is just so open about things. Like, I, I really I love, yeah, like, it's very refreshing. appreciate that he feels like he can share this and he's like, 
you know, their marriage is strong enough to not get caught up in the headlines around this. Yeah, you know what well, I mean? they definitely like, don't get the like, level of headlines that, like, say, like, Harry and Meghan true. do or Kate and William. But I do think that it is um, – Like, he feels confident enough that in their marriage to talk about these things openly, which I really respect. Yeah, he added that he'd renew his vows for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, that so. That's nice. All right, so Megan went on Ellen on Thursday. We actually, we, I missed, the news. I missed it. I saw the news bullet and I thought it was that minute, but it was actually just a teaser, a teaser for the fact that she'd be on the next day. So apologies, apologies. I was we that a, excited. We had a funny moment last episode, but anyway, so this is the last season after 19 seasons of Ellen. This is their last one. The toxic workplace allegations, the bullying at work, there's a lot that came out in the past year. 11 staff members came forward and spoke to BuzzFeed BuzzFeed News in May of last year about the toxic workplace. You know, Ellen always ends the show with it about being kind to one another, telling the audience members to be kind to one another. But what was really going on behind the scenes is a complete in stark contrast to that mantra. So it's really interesting a choice for Megan to go on this. Yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah, what, yeah, what were well, your no, thoughts? Well, no, I just here? I think that that was my initial reaction was just I know that they're really good friends. They go way back to her suits days, but I did feel like one of the wonderful things about Harry and Meghan being away from the royal family is how they've chosen the different outlets and people that they speak with and talk to and I think for me like this weekend I was I got my booster and I was walking home and I I queued Ooh. up I queued up teenager therapy which is a podcast I discovered through Megan and Harry and I I love that it was like a new you know mm. I think it's a great perspective to hear as a adult lady that doesn't mm. think like the youths all the time and the <laughs> youths I had to say it like that so I think you know I think that those allegations against Ellen just kind of are what come to my forefront when I think about that appearance. You know, I she's had a really a rough year and it's her last season. You know, you and I both do not subscribe to cancel culture. Like people mm-hmm. can redeem themselves, like, yeah. obviously. Like, But it's interesting that she also has some workplace allegations against her. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, kind of buddying up with Ellen, it was, it was a choice. It was a choice and it showed solidarity in a way that I think – would never have happened had she not left the royal family. Anyway, mm. so the highlights of this, some of the highlights I pulled out, the Archie photo, which was incredible of him. Anything with the uh, chicken, too, I'm on board with. His rain boots were Peppa the Pig, which is really sweet. And don't they have British accents in Peppa? Do you, does Finn like Peppa? Oh, yeah, Peppa the Pig, they do have British accents. Yeah, yeah. we haven't dabbled in Peppa, but we should. There's also these Halloween insights, what – Lily wore, which she was dressed up as a skunk. She was Flower from Bambi, which was really cute. And Archie, who hated his costume and was tr- so excited to tear it off. And it was that a dinosaur. Felt so relatable because I think that there's so much thought. Like, I think about Halloween in July and then, like, there's no interest in wearing it for more than a few seconds usually. No, he did not want to put on his dinosaur head. Also that she was inspired by Andy McDowell from Four Weddings and a Funeral for her hair, which is a great call out. Uh, the donation to the woman doing the free hair braiding in Nashville during the pandemic. How Guy got his name, her dog. I thought this was really interesting because I didn't know this before, but she mentioned – she told the story about Ellen uh, helping her pick out her dog, which we'd all kind of known. Mm-hmm. But then it was – I guess Guy, it was – his nickname was the little guy. They never gave him a name. And so she just kept that, which is kind of funny. So there is this 
prank that's getting a lot of attention and it's this hidden earpiece thing that Ellen does. I'm going to admit I don't watch Ellen at all regularly. So like, I used to. I definitely used to catch it. But, but I mean, it's is, daytime TV. So usually like I feel like for us, we're at work anyway. But yeah, I haven't right. watched it in years. But this is something that she does a lot with celebrities. So here is a little soundbite from that. What do we have here? What do we have here? What you got? 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 <laughs> well, a variety of uh, vinegar-based hot sauces. Let so, mommy taste some. Let mommy taste some. So uh, like no. My boo loves hot sauce, so. My boo loves hot sauce, so. I wanna, I wanna try some. I'm gonna try it. Start you with a mild one. Bounce up and down, you're very excited. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Eat it like a little chipmunk. That's not spicy. Okay. Let me try something real okay. hot. Let me try something real hot. Okay. Mommy wants some heat. Mommy wants some heat. So <laughs> the faces of the vendors during that, but my Aww. face too. I was so uncomfortable. Cringe, 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 cringe. Obviously, this is a person who has zero Fs to give about anything. Like, I feel like she's totally... She knows what she's doing in a way that is kind of rubbing the British tabloids face in the mud about this because I think that she knows they're going to latch onto anything she does. And so she's just like, to me, I feel like this is a person who is really feeling free about who they are and what they, I don't know. I don't know. But it's also so, it's so uncomfortable too. Like, I'm not saying that it's great, but it's. (laughs) I think the funny thing for me is it's just like the format of these pranks in general. It could be any person doing them and I feel stressed for them. Like I'm sitting there like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, because I really have to watch and wait for them to be clued in. Like when Ellen jumped out of the golf cart, I was like, okay, she's coming. She's coming. Like we're going to, they're going to find out. And then they were in the studio audience and that made me feel better. But I think that it just does feel cringy um, in that regard for me. But I do think Megan was hilarious. She was a great, great, great sport. And that was really fun to see. I mean, the squirrel bit and drinking from the milk bottle. Like I actually felt like I would, I just think that would be the funniest thing for any parent to do. Like, cause obviously that's a lot of what moms have access to. They forget water (laughs) for themselves within the, I just thought that part was funny. And the cat ears, that was like, it was like, so it was so awkward, but it was also, it it was funny, but it wasn't, it's not like my cup of tea at all. No, Like I, I don't feel comfortable when any celebrity does that. So it was no surprise that I was like, not like, well, and I think I laughed. I mean, I laughed. Yeah. I was like, this is weird to see. It's such a departure, I think, from the Oprah interview. And so it, of course, that feels yeah. like such a 180. And there was no questions about that, which I think Ellen has gotten a lot of criticism for. There was no questions about the lawsuit, which is now, you know, very much in the headlines right now. There was no questions about Harry and William's relationship, which I don't think she would have touched on. But just her royal past in general, I think it was just kind of it seems like there was major negotiations about what she would be able to ask. Yeah. Yeah, because that's all worked out ahead of time for sure. Right. Yeah, I think what's funny for me, like just looking at the prank segment is I was kind of grappling this with where I look at Harry because obviously I immediately compare this to James Corden and Harry going on that show um, forever ago. That was pre-Oprah, remember? Um, yeah. <laughs> but like when Harry had those comedic parts it felt like a spoof of his old life, but he was showing off his military expertise. He was sipping high tea on top of a double-decker bus and, mm-hmm. you know, and then talking about real things, but it all felt, you know, a nod. The crown, they mentioned the crown. crown. It was that, all yeah. an homage to his royal roots. Mm-hmm. And But with Megan on Ellen, they're really, in the prank segment, wasn't really a royal reference made beside her name, you know. 
I felt like that was also a choice where Megan's moving on from that and she doesn't always have to be serious. I think what's really interesting for me is Megan showing a different side, her comedic side, her acting side. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think she's really capable in that regard. We've talked about how passionate I am about suits. You need to watch. But it does demonstrate that, you know? Well, she's and the also, through line. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, I was going to say the through line for this interview to me was it was so much about her pre-royal life. And that feels like a new chapter for her. Like it's almost like she's rebranding herself to be more about Megan, who she was before Harry. And it's definitely a choice. Like we knew a lot of the things she talked about. We knew, I knew, I'm sure you heard about the Ford Explorer story, like yeah. not being able to, and, this, and then the scrunchies she had mentioned recently, but that was something we all knew too. So it was just, it wasn't new things, but it was things that she wasn't really able to talk about in her royal life. And I think the contrast and the big, you know, reminder from this for me is that Kate and William and the royals in London don't have that opportunity and don't have the option to share that much mm -hmm. about their personal lives. And so mm -hmm. it was like really kind of eye-opening for Megan. Yeah. I think in general, I just watched it being like, you know, is my expectation more royal stuff? I want her to be, uh, it's not even my expectation. A lot of the criticism is like how how dare she do this? And there's people are really mad about it. But how does Megan shed an, an identity that everyone holds her accountable to? Like she has very, mm -hmm. she's not just serious. She's not just philanthropic. She has all these different attributes. We saw a glimpse of that with Megan, with Melissa McCarthy. So I'm just, yes. I don't know. I think this was maybe a sign of what's to come for her too. I mean, she's going to show more of herself going forward. Yeah. And she is an actress like to her core. And I think that it was very apparent in the prank segment too that she is is really able to pull uh, I mean that was acting you know what I mean mm -hmm. and I think that she she did a good job and and like that's her identity almost more so than her royal life so it was, yeah. it was just it was super interesting and it's definitely um, worth a watch everyone should check yes, it out if you haven't yeah. okay the Cambridges they stepped out this weekend I should say James Middleton stepped out this weekend <laughs> Big news because that was the first time since his wedding on the French Riviera. Big deal. Uh, Jenny in a velvet jacket too. Oh, might I add, William he too. Very I'm dapper. so they into. Both had, yeah. I'm so into the velvet jacket. They sent the memo. To you just want to like, co like it looks so cozy, right? Like you just want to, I don't know, touch their arms. Is that so inappropriate to say? <laughs> I'm like, ooh. Nuzzle them with your face. Yeah. So, but we got another Jenny Packham moment. Kate first wore it to James Bond when she had that gold st sparkly center. And then we see a follow-up with the rewear at this Royal Variety charity event, which actually is the 100th anniversary of the Queen's patronage. So it was a big, big deal for them to attend. And that's likely why Carol and Michael were there, as well as James and Alize. But mm -hmm. uh, what did you think of Kate's hair? It was swept to the side. That was very different for her. Yeah, it was very different. I thought with the dress, it should have probably been up. But I I mean, I think she looked stunning. And I do, like when I watched the videos of them arriving at this, it was, it was like they're both so tall and elegant. And they, you know, she has this like green column gown on. And they just look like they're not even human. Like they're, they're like superhuman. Like they just are so 
stunning. So yeah. that's me gushing over the Cambridges. No, and I liked her bold lip. Did you see the yeah, bold lip? Yeah. That was I was into that too. Like, let's see some more trendy moments from them. It felt very holiday too, which I yes. appreciate. Yes. I think they have Were their tree up already. Were you so happy to see James and Alize? I was. I was. Especially because she felt she was like like true to herself and that her hair was down and like natural and not blown out or anything. So it was just very her. It seems like from what we've seen, like, you know, laid back chill wedding day nothing you know just just very and and she but she wore like this elegant black dress too and it felt like kate has the support of her whole family and extended family and they all feel very close which is really nice yeah definitely uh i i think we're on the cusp of a lot more festive occasions too i was thinking back to the pantomime was in december last year but you know that was not as you know, black tie, but I feel like there's going to, hopefully will be more of those occasions Wait, is, coming up. That's what the Cambridge kids went to, right? The yes. Pantomime? Separate they, event okay, from this, so but they I went to the pan- pantomime. The variety. Ah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Did you, have you been following the Princes in the Press documentary, I did want to mention this while we're on the subject of the Cambridges. This is the BBC one that they don't want to Yeah. Air. So this is kind of interesting, and I mention it because it airs this week, but basically this two-part documentary is supposed to chart the relationship – or the sort of juxtaposition of the Cambridges and the Sussexes and their relationship with the media over the past right. three decades. Yeah. The big – royal scuttlebutt is that the BBC's media editor is behind it and he's known to be an anti-monarchist and has been pretty vocal about that. Wow. And I guess the palace has demanded that they get a preview of it, but no screeners have been released to not just them, but anybody. And so from what I understand, they're threatening the palace that they won't be collaborating with the BBC on future projects if they can't see it in advance. But the BBC is still saying no. So their argument is that the documentary, it seems, is going through last-minute edits because of the developments with Megan's Mail on Sunday case. But the big worry is that this will be an incredibly biased account of everything that's gone on. That's the palace's worry. Isn't the big worry from them that it says that William was briefing the press about Harry and... His, his mental, mental health yes. during kind of the climax of all of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one concern. Exit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be interesting to see. I'm definitely going to watch it. The BBC was the one who produced the Prince Philip documentary. So there's definitely, Which you is know, hard to get here. So there. we need to figure out how we can watch it. But we were able to get the Prince Philip eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have it. But, yes, it is hard to watch Hard to watch it live, but maybe some ways there are. Yeah. So anyways, I am very curious too. All right. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, we're going to do something a little different. This time we're going to do, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, our royal turkeys and toasts. Our royal turkeys are lows. Our royal toasts of the year will be cheersing with each one. Our, Our highs. It's time for the royal highs and lows. So for 2021, let's kick it off with you, Rachel. Oh, with me. Okay. Yes. All right. What's your royal turkey? Captain Obvious, Prince Andrew. It has to be. We are about one week away from the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, which which starts on November 29th. It's supposed to last six weeks. I think I also can't get over the recent reports, and there are probably rumors, but who knows, that Andrew believes the commemorative events with the Falklands 
anniversary, which is the 40th anniversary next year, will be his royal return. That will mark his return to the scene. He wants to honor British lives lost. It's a prominent part of his military career. I feel like Charles, if he's king at that point, or the queen, I just think they have to put a stamp of no on that, right? How does he think he can keep... Like, doing these... Like, why does he not get the message? Yeah. Like, he's out. You're out. Like, stop. You're done. It's just very... Yeah, you're done. Uh, we also... Yeah, so I think that there's just been a lot... I feel like also there was a new photo that surfaced this week. Did you see that? That it was on mm-hmm. the mantle of Jeffrey... It was very hard to see, though. Were you like... I was, like, trying to squint so hard, but I guess it was him in his military uniform, like, smiling. Yeah, I couldn't see the context of the photo, but he was right. on, like, some mantle at Jeffrey Epstein's Palm Beach residence. So, anyways, Ugh. Prince Andrew. That's my turkey of the year. All right. My royal turkey is his brother, Prince Charles. So not only the cash for honor scandal, which kind of has been swept under the rug with the departure of Michael Fawcett, hopefully, you know, we're going to hear more on that. And actually, the Sunday Times now says it has its hands on hundreds of pages of new evidence, which show how Charles's aides helped fix a CBE for a Saudi billionaire. So... Hmm. We'll maybe hear more, but there is now major pressure for the Metropolitan Police to launch the investigation into that. But also just so much Diana content this year. There was Spencer, The Crown, mm-hmm. When Diana Met podcast, Panorama interview headlines, so much. Just has me feeling weird about Chuck. And I just like, uh, he's he's a royal turkey. Like there's a lot of scandal surrounding him right now. And I think we need all need answers because he's supposed to ascend the throne next. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What about your toast? My toast is a combination toast. It's to Dax and I'll say Dax Shepard, Daniel Martin, Nissan Harriman, James Corden, Oprah. You know, looking back on this year, these are basically all the people that are bringing us the real deal Sussex. Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. That was coordinated by Megan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think that I've really just loved the variety, love most of the choices that they've made through them. And I kind of love just the Americanization of it all. Like, I think the familiarity of the faces and, and we just have gotten so much wonderful, wonderful, in- so many wonderful insights from these people. And I just really appreciate, you know, they don't have a social media platform. These, they're our channel into a lot. Uh, it's also a great placeholder for Archival Audio, which <laughs> dawned on me that it was Christmas last year, right? Where is it? Yeah. I think they have a we... lot going on, but I do, I'm eager for the next episode. Very eager. And I mean, who should be added to this list as of last week is Ellen, but I do think, you know, after talking about it with you too, it's it is more of a question mark. Like that yeah. that was a choice by Megan, and I think, you know, from yeah, all that we said, I also think that we're not condoning the interview, and I think it had us scratching our heads. And you know, we obviously love Harry and Megan, but I think it definitely was was an interesting choice and one that um, we'll have to ruminate on more, I guess, in the coming weeks. Yes. My toast is to our incredible guests that we have had on the podcast this year. I can't believe, Rachel, that Tom Jennings was this year. No, it, it feels, wasn't. Like, it it was, but I just don't think it was because, like, it was just, it feels like ages I ago. I can't believe also, Oprah was this year. Like, that I even know. blows my mind. I know. Bethan, Omid, Micah, Victoria Murphy, Kristen Meinzer, Matthew Story, Romney, the list goes on and on, Andrew Morton, Chris Jackson, Amina Tussauds. So many others that we've just had so much fun getting to chat with on the podcast, and we feel incredibly grateful for 
our role. I feel like I'm speaking for both of us, but I feel like we're incredibly grateful to be in this position to interview these yes. people. So many wonderful voices. Yes. That is what we're thankful for this year. Just very thankful. <laughs> we're also very thankful for our audience. You guys, we yes. couldn't do this. Well, of course. Of this course. That goes without saying. Without you. Yeah, it goes without saying. Yes, yes. We don't need to say it, but we love you. Yeah, we'll be toasting to you on Thanksgiving. So thank you so much for all the support that you guys have lent us. And please write us. We love hearing from you. Info at gallerypodcast.com. Leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. Until next week, happy Thanksgiving and God save the pod. pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.